Hey, true crime fans, welcome back to Murder on the Map. I'm your host, Taylor, and each week on the show, I take you through an underreported, bizarre, or cold case in each U.S. state one by one. Today's episode is the Lewis Clark Valley murders out of northern Idaho. We'll get into the case right after the break. Before we get started today, I do want to take the time to ask you, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please take the time to leave me a five-star review. I have a personal goal that I'm trying to hit with reviews, and I also would love more people to discover the show. So if you can do that for me, consider it an early Christmas and birthday present. All right, let's get to the story. The Lewis Clark Valley murders refer to a cluster of unsolved murders and disappearances that occurred in the Lewiston-Clarkston metropolitan area of northern Idaho between 1979 and 1982. Law enforcement investigators have identified four victims, and possibly a fifth, that are connected to a single, unnamed suspect. In April of 1979, 12-year-old Christina White went missing from Asseton, Washington. She had just been to the annual county fair, but had telephoned her mother at home to say that she wasn't feeling well. Her mom agreed to pick her up from the bottom of a hill near her friend's house, but when she arrived, Christina was nowhere to be found. What is rumored is that Christina had hopped on her bike and gone to a friend's house to pick up a wet washcloth to put on her neck. According to internet sources, 25-year-old Lance Voss answered the door. Christina's friend was out back washing the dogs. Then Christina took off on her bicycle, never to be seen again. However, the truth of the interaction is different. Apparently, Christina arrived at the house and was there with her friend and Mr. Voss for a time. It was then that she began feeling sick and called her mom. Unfortunately, her mom couldn't pick her up before Christina's friend had to leave to prep a horse that she had registered in the fair. After that, Christina vanished. On June 26th of 1981, 22-year-old Kristen David, an avid bicyclist, went missing from the Lewiston, Washington area. She had been traveling to her summer job at a factory. During the school year, she sometimes worked at the Lewiston Civic Center. Several days later, on July 4th, some fishermen near the Red Wolf Crossing Bridge found a floating plastic bag. Inside, they immediately found a woman's torso and leg. They called police to the scene, who immediately found more plastic bags containing more body parts. The body was that of Kristen David, who had last been seen cycling down the road, and perhaps stopped to talk to a man in a van, but witnesses couldn't be sure. On September 12, 1982, 21-year-old Christina Nelson and her 18-year-old stepsister, Brandy Miller, left home to go to a nearby Safeway, which, if you don't know, is a grocery store. 
Christina had even left a note on her door for her boyfriend, telling him to go inside because she would be right back. But when neither girl showed up by the next morning, Christina's boyfriend called the police and reported them both missing. One year later, two sets of skeletal remains were found at the bottom of a steep ravine near Kendrick, Idaho. They were identified as Christina and Brandy. Their clothing and a piece of severed rope was found nearby. Also on September 12, 1982, 35-year-old Stephen Persall went missing from the Lewiston Civic Theater, where he had gone to practice his clarinet and do some of his laundry in the theater's machines. Stephen worked at the theater as a janitor and a set builder. Notably, victims Christina Nelson and Brandy Miller also worked at the theater part-time, as they both attended college at Lewis Clark State. One more coincidence that can't be ignored is that there was one additional person who regularly worked at the Lewiston Civic Theater, Lance Voss. And Lance had admitted to being the final person to see little 12-year-old Christina White alive. Though it seems probable and even extremely likely that Lance Voss is the killer, it remains to be seen whether or not he was the murderer of the victims in question. We'll go through the arguments for and against Lance being the killer right after the break. Christina White, Argument 4 When 12-year-old Christina White disappeared, Lance was 25 years old. He was young, but he wasn't so young as to be inexperienced. Many serial killers have already committed a murder by this age. Additionally, Christina was a particularly vulnerable victim. She was young and already not feeling well. Then suddenly she was alone in the house with Lance. She would have likely been easy to overpower or coerce in that state and she would have likely been automatic to trust the stepfather of her young friend. So Christina White would have been a victim who was easier to control, overpower, and kill than an adult. Lance could have seen the opportunity and taken it. Argument against. It was still an extremely risky abduction or killing, considering it would have occurred in the middle of the day in a neighborhood. Additionally, Christina had already called her mom, who was expecting her to show up at the bottom of the hill at any moment. Abducting, killing, and hiding Christina's body and bicycle had to take some time. Lance would have either had to been very bold or very impulsive to have done this in a midday, bustling neighborhood. Kristen David, Argument 4 Lance admitted to frequently driving the same stretch of road where Kristen David used to bike to work. The two were known to each other since both worked at the theater. Argument against. Lance didn't own a brown or tan van, which is what witnesses described in their last sightings of Kristen. Additionally, Lance is a large man standing nearly 6 feet 5 inches tall. It seems a bit unlikely that witnesses wouldn't have noticed the stature of the man, who some witnesses saw outside the van in some reports, in comparison to Kristen. Additionally, the body being disposed of, dismembered and put in bags, is quite a departure from later crimes where the bodies were found intact. It's rare for a killer to vary their MO quite this much. So while it's possible that Kristen was murdered by the same person that killed the other victims, the odds are more in favor of her murder having been committed by a different killer altogether. 
Christina Nelson and Brandy Miller. Argument 4. The girls had to walk past the theater the evening they went missing on their way to Safeway. It seems natural that they may have stopped there, especially if summoned by Lance, a person that they both probably knew, even if distantly. Additionally, when the girls were found, a piece of rope was found near their bodies. It was traced back to a prop ship that was being built for a production at the theater. Lance had been one of the people working on the ship. Lance also admits to having been at the theater all night, claiming he slept on the couch in the green room the evening the girls vanished. It seems likely that he could have lured them there by talking about the ship he'd been building and offering to let them see it. Argument against. It would have taken a lot to subdue two victims at once. Lance was a big man, but even then, it would have still been a difficult chore. When a third victim that evening is added into the mix, Stephen Persall, it seems even more unlikely that Lance could have done it on his own. Still, it's not impossible, and if one victim was subdued quickly, like knocked unconscious, it would have given the killer all the time he needed with the second girl. Stephen Persall, Argument 4 Stephen definitely went to the theater late that night when no one was expecting him. He easily could have walked in on Lance doing something to Christina and Brandy. If this happened, Lance would have had no choice but to murder Stephen as well in order to keep his secret. If the girls were already somehow incapacitated, it would have been easy for Lance to overpower Stephen. Stephen was 5'11 and 160 pounds. Lance was much taller at 6'5 and heavier as well. He was around 230 pounds at the time. Arguments against. Lance and Steven were co-workers, and possibly even friends. In fact, they worked together on the pirate ship for the upcoming production, and people saw them work together on a frequent basis. Additionally, if Steven arrived before the girls, it seems as though it would have significantly decreased the odds that Lance would have abducted or killed all three of them, given that he would have known that he had to dispose of all three victims. At first, the case seemed strange. The victims vary in age and gender, which makes it feel like a single perpetrator would have not been responsible. Additionally, Lance has made a very public showing of being helpful when it comes to the investigations, including admitting that he'd been the last person to see certain victims. So, the victimology and the outward forthrightness of Lance seem to argue against that he's the killer. However, the female victims, although they varied in age, were all approximately the same build and size. And oddly, three of them have very similar names. Christina, Kristen, and Christina, just spelled a different way. Finally, the chances of Lance having been the last person to see at least two of the victims alive, admitted in the case of Christina White and Stephen Persall, seems too far-fetched to be a mere coincidence. Furthermore, the idea that these two victims had no connection to each other, 12-year-old Christina and 35-year-old Stephen, went missing from the same small town and their only commonality seems to have been Lance Voss, seems almost impossible to believe. Unless he is the killer. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Murder on the Map. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to never miss an episode and rate us on Apple Podcasts to help more people discover the show. You can also become a sponsor of the show. I'll put a link for that in the show notes. 100% of the profits from the show go to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. 
Be sure to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash murder on the map. And you can follow me on Instagram at Taylor B Talks. If you have a case you'd like me to cover from your state, please email me at taylor at murderonthemap.com. Our theme music was composed by Tim Beak. Find more of his stuff at timbeak.com. Murder on the Map is a Radio Free Roscoe production, and I'll be back next week with an all-new episode. Have fun out there, and be careful. <laughs>